Goofy time, gentlemen. I think no, I didn't hear the. We're talking about Halo. Time. It's a serious topic. Oh, it's as serious as pie. We got luminal beacons. Why are you just going into? What's the point I'm of just, listening to I'm the podcast now? I'm just. Yeah, you just right. give it away the whole goddamn okay, I... turkey. It sounds like you're getting you're getting I, beeped. I do have a question. Yeah. How do you pronounce this this one word? Cavassier, Cavarossi. Um, Cavalsier. I believe it was a drink popular in the early 2000s no, the and rap videos. Delisi? No. That's Game of Thrones, dog. What are you reading? <laughs> Put it in the chat. We were just so nice to John for the last hour, and now we're staring at that. So. Why is it once we hit record, everybody gets mean? Like, okay, we someone gets doubled up on. We were just giving each other high fives and kudos. And now we're all just ripping it to shreds. I can't pronounce that character's name. Oh, well, well, oh Nizat. That's uh, Nizat Kavarsi I was going, but I was going to just call him Nizat for the, the thing. All right, so it's not Kavassier. It can I don't be. even know how you would get that out of there. Brandon, I don't think you watched enough BET in your life. So I see it. I see what John sees. It's there. I think you're both seeing shit. I think you're delusional as fuck. It's definitely Cavassier. So. It's Cavassier. Who, who wants intro duties for tonight? Who wants to be the brave soul? Don't worry, boys. I got this. <laughs> yeah, Richie Rich. <laughs> Are you going to put a McDonald's in your house? <laughs> I bet your ass I am. No, let's be real. It'd be a Burger King. I respect that. Every I, now and then, I just, I just yeah, get a hair yeah. in my ass for Burger King. It's so <laughs> I don't know lines. what it is. They must put something in it. Love. Frame-broiled grill. Tell you what, though, the McDonald's game was changed once I found out you could just add Big Mac sauce to anything. Oh, yeah, no, with that customization menu there. <laughs> Adding that shit to things. the fries, like, just everything. Don't they sell it? Do they? You shouldn't tell oh, me yeah, that they do. I'm pretty, you can get Chick-fil-A yeah. sauce at the store. Yeah, you, you might get, as well be able to get Big Mac sauce. I just had to explain to a dude what 200 milliliters was because he asked what that was in Freedom Units, and I told him it was like in six Freedom Chick-fil-A Units? <laughs> <laughs> what are freedom units? So we don't suffer the tyranny of Met. Of what Met? Uh, I can't even say it. You got this. Ah, uh, the metric system. There John. you go. The Sorry, freedom. I get it out. Metric. Good band units. too. I like that. You're gonna Google freedom units because <laughs> it's gonna come up with the imperial system. Humorous. U.S. The customary units of measurement used in the United States. Great. Yeah. Yeah, I would have I would have <laughs> never known. When the uh, team America. The same people I taught that to, I then said the phrase punching the clown. <laughs> <laughs> and they had never heard it before. So we were edding, entering that age boys where the things that we said as kids are so dead out that they're new again. <laughs> This is our bell bottom <laughs> jeans. <laughs> Shitty YouTube videos Not from the, the early two thousand. Sagan's coming back. Well, everything else is coming back, so Yeah, it was some dude who was like 
he like had a hole in the wall. So he was like, so here's how you, you know, stash your guns and you just put a piece of uh, paper over it and then paint the paper to the wall. So that way you have a gun in the wall and you can just punch the wall and take your gun out. And the fear factor of breaking into somebody's home, seeing them punch a hole in the wall and pull out a gun, <laughs> like should be mental warfare. And I was like, well, that's where I keep all my nudie mags because you got to punch the wall before I can punch my clown. And they died. <laughs> Trying to hold my rib. Hang on a second. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> <laughs> oh man it's a terrible expression but I love it <laughs> did I make that up I swear to god that's from our generation <laughs> no it is it is <laughs> like they were trying to give me credit for it and I was like no I didn't I didn't come up with that I'm not that smart I'm not that creative <laughs> I got that from somewhere <laughs> Damn, you showed her humility? I thought you would have just taken the credit and be like, yeah, I'm cool like that. No, first of all, anybody who says punching the clown is not cool. <laughs> let's, just, let's just establish that. Oh, I gave you a handshake. Oh. <laughs> Punched my clown Oh, with that not hand. the right one. Oh. <laughs> first of all, I've never understood the whole switching hands thing. I, I, don't, I don't get oh. the stranger sitting on on your opposite hand the stranger effect it's not for me it's not my jam are you not ambidextrous you can't ch- change it are, I, are you afraid I, of change is that what it is yes <laughs> <laughs> duh it's not that i'm afraid of it it's that i hate it <laughs> okay one day you'll get a little freaky if i change up the hands it's just not my jam it's just not it's just not my jam punch in the fucking <laughs> Anyway, welcome to You Mean Lore. Uh, what we're supposed to do here is we go through everyone's favorite video games franchises. We take all the canonical media that they have. Um, Halo, I say that specifically for Halo. <laughs> we take everything so they have close. and we put it into one storyline. And the reason we do that is because then we tell everybody that storyline and we dive deep into the lore of that video game because everybody already loves a story. But what most people don't realize is it's a story within the story. And that's what we're here to do. And we try to, <laughs> but we often get off topic. Um, I'm your host. I'm Brandon. Then we have our first co-host over there. He is taking the lead for Halo while I focus on our other running series with Death Stranding. And that is one Kenny Gomez. What's up? How you doing? And then we we're just playing have, with it. Oh, you just you just punching? Oh yeah, we're just playing with it. You just, just punch. playing with the lore. <laughs> just playing with it. <laughs> and then we have our most recent hire. Uh he's supposed to be our uh our Walmart brand version of young Jamie. And uh that is Clean Sanchez. I'll take I'll take Target brand instead of the Walmart brand, but Oh, yeah, like why are you gonna disrespect my man's yo? First of all, so here's the thing whenever somebody says Walmart brand, I know it's supposed to be like a negative, but whenever somebody says Walmart brand, I think of like you know the knockoff cereals and on the bottom shelf in bags, cereals. <laughs> and they taste better. Yes, that's what I always think of. <laughs> I know that's not the intent, <laughs> they sell them at Target too, <laughs> they sell them everywhere, <laughs> it's absolutely everywhere. I know they sell that shit in high V. When's Wait, last, what the? When's the last time you boys? V? You ain't been in a high V. I live in the South. I know it's in the Midwest. John, you been to the high V? I've never heard of the high V. I've never heard of that. For God real. damn it! High V is if it is like if Casey's oh, okay. was a grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> You just name dropped another. Are you just what words are you using? <laughs> what codes are you saying? Oral Easter. So yeah, All right. I, I actually, well, so I have a question. I, I actually have a question. I, I it's probably already answered, but with Halo being so vast, do you consider this to be like one of the biggest compendiums out there? Where, yeah, where, do, you, do, you, do you think it's top ten? Hands down. I mean. No. No shit. <laughs> Not okay. even a little bit. 
No, no. Halo, it could have been. Interesting. It could have been. Um, but they went so far off the rails that it is, uh, it's hard to keep track anymore. They used to have a dedicated website called Halo Waypoint. And that website used to have all the, yeah. all the like facts, all the lore, all oh, everything Waypoint about Halo you could find. Back in that area. Oh yeah, it was fantastic. Back in that area, I would have like area back in that era. I would have said yes. But it is now Halo Waypoint is now where you like just look at your KD and then they try to sell yeah. you like season passes. So you can't find anything now. Basically, as soon as Bungie it's changed hands, it was very interesting because during this time too, like Halo had the Waypoint, but Call of Duty had um, something else as well that was kind of similar, and it was almost kind of like the two were like clashing for contention of who had the better um, immersive application on their console. And I remember Halo. Well, Halo had everything because it covered all the games. It covered the outside stories. It had just more immersive information than anything I've ever used personally. Well, that's when the culture. That, that's when the culture was different because it used to be the combat. Halo used to have a way different combat style than of course, yeah. Call of Duty. Oh yeah, drastically different. Way different. Uh, better stories so fucking different and it used to be yeah and you'd have diehards on each side yeah, well i'm okay, just talking yeah. about multiplayer right now but you had diehards who preferred one or the other like i've i s- way preferred halo over call of duty back then i played both but i would be playing halo until somebody wanted to play call of duty and uh over time what happened was instead of like both sides like making their own style better uh what happened is halo decided to do everything in its power to emulate call of duty and that's when it kind of turned to shit as we see currently with what is it halo infinite yep is that what Mm -hmm. they called that sack of shit okay yeah halo infinite oh i just want to clarify a lie that was told in the story um it wasn't when somebody wanted to play call of duty it's when we had a chain of losses in halo so we just yes. needed to change the game yes it was either that or gears because gears was also big yeah we time. still are yeah yeah gears was dope gears was always a good time gears was a good time i wouldn't mind doing gears on this podcast i'm surprised none of us actually wrote wrote that down but we'll talk about that later well it's it's a good thing because they're planning a remake uh, not a remake let me rephrase that a reboot a, um, Re, not a re, not a remake or a reboot. A remaster. They're gonna update them. They go remaster. Thank you. <laughs> there's only so many re's. I know there's three re's in this tar in this chat. But... Rihanna. <laughs> yes, that one. Not the one from the nineties. <laughs> yeah, so we can we can wait. We can we can time it just right. Oh, speaking of, thanks everybody for their prayers over Super Bowl weekend. Oh yeah, congratulations. Yeah, I appreciate you mean, that. You mean that that edited, scripted hold at the end of the game? <laughs> yeah, the one that there is absolutely zero video evidence of at all. The one where he admitted to holding him? Man. Yeah, Brandon. Enjoy your asterisk. Man. Just goes to show. Eagles fans are still the worst fan base. <laughs> <laughs> It's a weird city that when you win, you riot. And when you lose, you riot. But Kendog, they're the city of brotherly love. <laughs> they are the foundation of, de- of democracy. <laughs> the birthplace of America, if you will. I feel like Emilio Estevez set me up. Because I was like, ducks fly together. And these ducks fly a little too, too together. We're just kidding. We don't have any Philadelphia listeners, so no, I'm not kidding. <laughs> being 100% dead ass. Oh, so, uh, but away from the Kansas City Chiefs, who are the shit, we are currently going through Halo, and right now we are halfway through the book Oblivion, and that is our resource for today. Uh, Ken Dog, do you have any other resources that we're using? Uh, uh, yeah, just, no, it's, it's really Oblivion. Uh, like, a majority of the references kind of old chapters and whatnot. Perfect. Um, sweet. So Oblivion, you can pick up a copy yourself. I think they're like 10 bucks. It's actually a good read. It's written by Troy Denning. He's won awards. I'll tell you this right now, though. Troy Denning has this habit of 
using a lot of words to say very little. But his descriptions of scenes are phenomenal. So it's a hit and miss. It's a uh, it's personal preference when it comes to all it's available authors. On, but with that being said, I think we should too. hand. Yep. Oh, is it? Uh, Who reads it? Out. That would be me. Great. I'll read it to you. If you pick up a copy, I'll read it to you. How about that? Uh, narrator, the last orphan. Um, I don't know if that's a name. Oh, narrated by Scott Brick. The hell is a that dude just rolled with that name his whole life? He didn't Scott even Brick. think about changing it once. Scott Brick, he comes right up. Yeah, it's available. You could actually try it for. You could actually get a three month like subscription, and you could li- you could listen to the Halo Oblivion Halo Oblivion book and its completion in for eleven hours and fifty seven minutes, uh, four point seven rating, uh, with one thousand seven hundred eighty five reviews. Oh, all he does is read stuff. He was in like one movie thing. Yeah, all he does is read. Has to be a dope job. Anyway, with that being said, Ken Dog, who we fucking up? What up? Thank you, Brandon. Thank you. Thank you as always. You're welcome. So, boys, we. Did you just say you're welcome? No. I said fuck you, Kenny. Figure it yeah, out. I was like, don't get soft on me. <laughs> it's because I just put my kid to bed, so I'm still in dad mode. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, do you know what the date is for this chapter? I do. Actually, I don't, because I, I was giving you so much shit about not being ready. I got. I haven't even good. opened my I, book yet. I got the. I got the date right here for you. If you need it. Oh no, no, I didn't need it. I just, I just wanted to see if y'all read it. I just love it. It's the ninth age of reclamation, forty-first cycle. That's a that's a different <laughs> date than I'm used to. <laughs> Who the fuck uses that date? What? <laughs> that's a very this sounds like the Romans came back to life, took one look around, and were like, why the fuck are the Germans still here? <laughs> like, oh my god. But yes, y'all, it's the ninth age of reclamation, 41st cycle. We're gonna hang out with the bad guys. That's what the chapter is. We're hanging out with the bad guys, and we're gonna kick it off with the man himself. Jeffrey Epstein. Oh my god, he didn't hang himself. Uh, <laughs> correct. We're talking about Nizat Kavassier. God, I was so close. So, so close. So close. But do you know why he's Nazat Cavalcier? Because he's actually, if you've played Halo, or if, if you've seen Halo, he'll be the elite in the golden armor. And then just to give you guys a little background on Nazat, he he does have drip. A man, he's 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 a he's a loose cannon cop with nothing to lose right now. So if y'all remember a couple episodes ago, we talked about how the Spartans blew up a little factory and flotilla and all this stuff. Well, he was the guy in charge of it. So the Covenant is not very happy with him. So he ended up running off with his own like flotilla or just think, um, just think he rolled out with a bunch of ships and he's trying to redeem himself right now. So we're going to pick up with him on the bridge. And he's a little frustrated right now. He's like, he's actually a little testy. Uh, one of the biggest things is he want he kind of wants to like walk around the bridge because he's so flustered about trying to execute his plan as well as fuck the Spartans are here. Oh, typical bad guy stuff. Just right. walking around plotting your revenge. But the problem is he can't because he's like, yo, if I look nervous, everybody's going to be looking like, oh, what's what's wrong? What's going on? So that's why when in doubt, I asked what Lex Luthor would do. Lex Luthor would have just walked yeah. out there. He wouldn't have given a shit. I don't know, man. I don't know. This is this is a little different when you have a whole religious uh, organization after you. It's a different monster. Nazat's main focus is actually proving to the covenant that Oni is a threat to, to them. It's a threat to their being. It's a threat to all their plans. So that's actually the, the main thing he's been trying to prove. The plan he has right now is actually pretty stacked. You guys remember that when John and his team was pulled to go on the trap mission, there was like, hey, there's a down covenant ship. 
It's just laying there. We think it's a trap, but you're going to go there regardless. Here's where we find out the plan. So essentially what they were hoping was a group of uh, Marines or a group of ODSTs would come and board the, excuse me, the, the, the strike fast. In the human's case, the lucky break. They were hoping they would board the ship and they would pick up two specific items to take back to Earth and give to Oni to study. The first item is an anti-gravity harness and the second item is a personal shield. But both of these items contained a luminal beacon. Now, before I go into anything about the luminal beacons, we're not going to say the F word. So, and by not saying the F word, we're going to say ancient devices. So John. these beacons, huh? What? What? John <laughs> said the F word. I earlier. already forgot what F word I said. Oh, but, yeah, that F word. Yeah. For a minute, I thought you were gonna say it again, and I was gonna, I was, I was no, free. Like I looked, I looked over, I looked over, at, I looked over to like my, my third screen, and I'm just like, oh, that word. Wait a minute. In the words of River Song, no spoilers, but yeah, guys. So these beacons, they're essentially they're just bugs. Um, these are, but they're super sophisticated tracking bugs. Let me let me put some respect on them. So. This ancient tech that the Covenant found, they, they've actually had a couple through the years and they've lost a bunch. So these two are very special. Um, but things to keep in mind with the luminal beacons, the way they work is they're capable of tracking their own location through gravity wave analysis and temporal distortion. And this was done thanks to quantum dot processing machines and integrated sensors within the beacon. Anyway, but yeah, that's what the Luminal Beacons do. They can literally figure out where you are anywhere in the galaxy. Once the humans take both items, their plan is to then let them exit the ship. Once they exit the ship, they're actually going to blow it up to make it look like they were trying to protect. They're going to be like, oh, no, we can't let them get away with our stuff. And then they were just going to sit and wait. They were going to wait for the, the humans to then transport it all the way back to Earth, hand it over to Oni to then figure out, all right, this is your home planet. This is where we need to go to wrap this up. It's not a bad plan at all. But there was one, one little kink. One thing that Nazat and his rogue flotilla didn't see coming. It was the Spartans. Or as they call them, the demons. Essentially, the reason why the team is on Netherop and, and all this stuff um, is a complete accident. They chose a planet that was re a remote, far away from everything. So that way they would not run into any Spartans and everything go off with a hitch. But Nazat starts thinking and he starts pondering that, you know what? What if the gods did it on purpose? He knows that if the Spartans make it to the the strike fat the steadfast strike first before the other human Marines, uh, things can be bad. Things can go very very bad. But is giving him the idea that maybe not only can they get away with tracking Oni, but they can also figure out how to how to maybe capture a Spartan. And take back to the to the covenant. So Nazat's thinking about all these little different things. And the reason why he wants to is so that way he can redeem himself and get put on the um true path that the covenant followed. And it's interesting in the sense of because of his mistake, I'm surprised he isn't an arbiter right now. But I think it's because he got away before they could put his hands on him. And John, I, you know what an arbiter is, right? So I, I don't know completely. Let me. I know I just, I'm saying it all wishy washy, like everybody knows what that particular like, I, title I know what means. The character but... is that I don't understand, like if it's a rank, if it's a name, right? You know. What I mean? Yeah, and I'll, I'll break it down. I'll, I'll give you like a, a yeah. quick TLDR from it. So in the elites culture, 
the arbiter actually used to be a very prestige um, position or title. Well, when they had their war with the Covenant and they lost and they were assimilated. Which we will uh, get they, into. Right, yeah, way, way later. <laughs> way later so, when we do the Covenant storyline. Don't worry, you right. didn't miss anything yet. <laughs> yeah, I was just, I, like, I'm, I'm throwing it around like people know. I don't, I don't want to do that. But just know that the Arbiter name went from being something from, a, like, a high-class rank all the way down to you're meaningless and the only way to redeem yourself is to do or accomplish whatever we want you to do with this rank. That's it. You're essentially a... I'm going to say you're like a specter, but with no rights and no privileges. You just got to get the job done. Very respectable, very respectable rank. It used to be. It used to be in in the elite's culture, but now within the covenant, it's the worst thing that can happen to you. Main now is the main now through their weapons. So listed is a type twenty five, the type fifty one, and the type one energy sword. Okay, so do the weapons signify their importance in the rank? No, they're just plasma swords. No, they're just swords. The the in terms of the arbiter and and like Brandon said, we'll get into later. Yeah. I just wanted to give the brief breakdown. Essentially, the 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 only piece of equipment that's important is this the armor when it comes to it. But we'll we'll touch on that when we hit Halo 2 because it'll we get to go more in yeah. depth with it, but I'll I'll leave it at that. But just a little thought that crossed my mind while I was reading. Well, as Nizat's like pondering and thinking, you know, what are the perks, what are the pros and cons of this plan now that the Spartans are here? You know, if everything goes to hell and the Spartans actually take the ship, um, this could be a huge loss because, you know, Oni will re, excuse me, re-engineer the frigate. And then that's a whole problem for the Covenant. But either way, um, he takes a moment and kind of breaks out of his thoughts and he looks at his steward. And his steward's name is uh, Tam Lucchese. Lucchese. He's from Lucchese. He's from Brooklyn. <laughs> he's, a, he's a good kid. Good kid, strong Italian family. But I, I like the his name yep, was Tam because yep. it made me think of the artificial mind. So Tam <laughs> So Tam the Stewart is actually checking like um the uh, communications or the tracking station, and they're using these uh these ships called Wassels to kind of do recon and try to pinpoint different frequencies to see where the humans are at and where the, the Spartans are at. So he sees that uh, Lamb gets up and he kind of like, you know, he's walking toward him like with some kind of news. Uh, but then he takes a moment to check a different monitor. And Nizak kind of realizes like if there was news or information he had for me, he would have already told me. So I'm pretty sure there's nothing going on right now. So Tan comes up and he's like, listen, um, we're not finding anything. He's like, with the, the radiation, you know, from the destruction, the terrible climate in the planet, everything that's that's bad about it, it's it's messing up the different frequencies. It's getting a lot harder to pinpoint where these signals are coming from. And he says, um, the signals could come from anywhere between the main body of survivors and 10,000 units short of where the said fast strike or the lucky break is at. So there's actually no specific way to pinpoint where everybody is. But Nazad actually kind of keeps his confidence and he stays optimistic. And he knows that they're having issues not only because of all the factors on the planet, as well as the fact that the humans, you know, they do a good job of trying to code their communications and whatnot. So it does make it difficult. So he asks them, how long will it be till the Wassels find or, or pinpoint a location? Tam hesitates and says, the gods may take pity on us and give us a signal they can trans, trans, uh, oh my God, triangulate. But if that has not happened yet, Nazak cuts him off. He lets him know, like, yo, plan's not working. I know it's bullshit. Um, we need to figure out, we need to go about it a different way. So Lamb then suggests, hey, 
why don't we send in a second close reconnaissance mission? And what he wants to do is he wants to send a group of banshees to kind of fly low and see if they can pick up on the Spartans directly. So that way they actually know where they're going. And then Nassab being a smart ass is like, you're telling me we can't get any correct signals. We can't pinpoint where anybody's going. Where are we going to send these banshees? So for you guys, if your your steward, your second in command is telling you this dumb, obvious plan, how would you guys react to it? I would make him waffles because apparently he's having a bad day and he needs some carbs to help think properly. I would look at him and ask him if he needs some milk, maybe a challenge coin, or if he needs to just sit down. Wait, what's a challenge coin? Oh god damn it. It's it it's simple. It's, 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 it's just a it's just a coin chat. with a nice military um engravings on it. Every coin has a different meaning. That's it. It's what the military gives you when they're too lazy to give do paperwork to give you a medal. <laughs> so it's a fucking trophy across the street yes. at the trophy store. Yes. <laughs> it still spelled your name wrong. Yes. And it's funny you say that because mine actually, ha- one of mine has my name engraved wrong in it. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. They spelled Brandon oh. wrong. Like, <laughs> oh, they used the, was it A? It was an A, definitely. No, no, it was the O. They hit, they hit me with that O life. Oh. Yeah, but this guy, I mean, this guy. <laughs> definitely, he definitely had a bad day. Something definitely happened to him. Is it? Is there any context? So, so there's some context. So the reason why, for I, the listeners at home, we're being facetious as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> they know, but so the reason why I asked, right? Number one, he's like, listen, I'm not trying to send them to a specific signal. He's like, I want them to cover the whole like area of operation. Like, I want them to cover from where the humans are stranded in that radiation zone to where the steadfast strike is. And I'm just going to call it the lucky break, since that's what we've been calling it. He wants to he wants to scope the whole area. Now. Here's the problem, right? They are they've gone rogue from the covenant, so they don't have reinforcements. They've already lost half of their their flight squadron in this whole operation that they've been doing. Nazad even says that like, if they had the flyers, he's like 100%, we would have done this shit years ago. He's like, but I'm not going to dismiss them. And there's two reasons why I'm not going to dismiss them. Number one, it's a teachable moment. He wants his steward to kind of like work it through to see like, yo, this isn't really the best plan to, given the fact that we have limited assets. But the second reason is, given how dire their situation is and how bad they need to succeed, this might actually be a workable plan. So Lamb goes, he explains a little bit more. And he says, well, first I want to go check the area where Petrov and the other humans are. And the Zod's like, why are we going to waste that gas if the radiation is going to kill them slowly? Well, he's like, if we send in two banshees and they go in and they get shot down, we know that the Spartans are still there. And the Zod thinks about it. He's like, all right. He's like, so just to confirm that they're there, we're going to lose two planes. And Lamb's kind of like, yeah, you know, you got you to lose some money to make some money. And he's like, all right, let's say your plan works. We know they're there and we send the whole force. He's like, if we try to pull up on them, they're going to put a defensive position. We're going to have to invest a ton of assets just to break through and maybe potentially, potentially win. And at that point, Lamb starts thinking it over. And he's kind of right. He's like, yo, maybe this initial plan isn't going to work just because the amount of people, vehicles, weapons that would be lost just trying to push in that position and take down the Spartans, the, the cost is too high. But that's when Lamb has an even better idea. So he takes a minute 
He looks at Nazad and he's like, big man. We know where they're going. Why not? Why don't we set them up? And it's true. Everybody knows that the Spartans are going to the lucky break. Why go to them if they're coming to you? So Lamb's like, why not? Why don't we set up a defensive position? We know that the lucky break is over here. We'll set up a defensive position ahead of the lucky break. And we're going to fight the Spartans. And then Nizaz's like, what if they win? He's like, that's the point. They have to win. He wants to set up this defensive position in front of the Spartans before they hit the ship. So that way, the other humans will break in, steal the equipment, take it back, right? But the Spartans won't know that the other humans have arrived. So they'll fight the covenant, win, quote unquote, get to the lucky break, enter it. And then the covenant will hit them with the human special and blow this ship up with the Spartans in it. So how do you think Nizat responds to this new plan? I think, I think he's starting to become a little impressed. He started to listen. A little impressed. Celebratory waffles. <laughs> Celebratory waffles with the chocolate syrup and sprinkles. It's like like the, cream. It's like the moment was like you had my attention. Now now I'm even more invested. What do you have for me left? He's got a woody yeah. to his Buzz Lightyear, one hundred percent. So he blesses him the best way. How? The Zot's like, you know what, man? That's great. He's like, so when you get down there with your team, you're gonna need to focus all your boys on the Spartans. And Lamb's like, what? Like, what do you mean me? And he's like, Lamb, it's your idea, so you need to see it through. Boy, <laughs> my man kind of, he starts, his mandible starts kind of quivering. He's like moving a little bit. He's like, oh, I don't know if this is what I signed up for. But his mandibles that's, that's started laughing. quivering. Is a sentence that I was not ready for today. <laughs> Also, y'all, when we mandible? say mandibles and we talk about the elite, just mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> Jesus, he's got four. Um, just picture the predator; they all look like predators. Yeah, it's except with the except of the flat face, it's a uh, turtle face. It's a it's elongated. Yeah, it's the we're, part. We're it's what your lizard brain strives to be. They're, they're definitely they're definitely oh, something uh, you want to see uh, waking up at you know, next to you in the morning. I'll tell you that. Their face is a blue Jesus waffle coochie. Christ. That's what it looks like. <laughs> no, that's what the flood. I'm sorry. That's wrong. Anyway, so their conversation gets um, interrupted. There's a whole lot of combo interrupting <laughs> in this chapter. <laughs> so as Nazas letting my man know that he got the promotion of field uh, commander, a new character arrives and this is the uh, shipmaster. So this is the guy in charge of flying the ship that they're on. His name is Wadoozy. 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 His name is Wadoozy. Or as I like to call him. How do you Wookie. spell that? Or oopsie daisy. How do you spell that? Here, I'll, I'll throw it in. It's W-E-Y-D-O-O-S-E-E. Widoozy. He's the shipmaster and he is scared shitless right now. Because you see, he got a message. And the message that came through is called um Avowal. I say that with a question mark. So they get a they get a direct message from the covenant. And this avowal, as they call it in their culture, it's a, a formal declaration of intent. And you, I want you guys to take a guess. When do you think the covenant send or provide these declarations of intent? Before they attack? Good. Close. Close. 
Um, I think it's more like our Lord and Savior donkey. It's, uh, uh, yes. So that way they know in the morning they're making waffles. Nobody wants waffles. I'm fucking John. starving. <laughs> John, you're the closest. You win. You get the you get the gift card. I don't deserve waffles. I'm still losing weight. Yeah, you dude, can, you can get protein waffles. No, I don't deserve happiness until I lose 15 more pounds. Don't they got those? Man, we both can't they, be. Don't they have like those fake? Don't waffles? get you some protein waffles. Are like made out of cauliflower or some shit. It said. I said there will be no goddamn happiness. <laughs> My man said, you want some jaffles. I'll tell you what the what the meaning is after this break. Slick. See you. We back. Are we? We back better than ever. Let's not let's not get ahead of ourselves now. New and improve. Since now it's the future, baby. Now we are picking back up with Waduzi having, um, he's about to hit a Nazat and land with a doozy of news. So they just got a direct message from the covenant and it's necessarily a declaration of intent. And Nazat informs us usually issued as divine justification just prior to a subject's imminent execution. Essentially, they fucked around and they're about to find out. And the message goes a little something like this. Agony is the consequence of betrayal and the fleet of swift justice will deliver it. And it's after... uh, this message is uh, read or heard out loud that a bunch of Covenant ships start kind of flying into the fray. Now, mind you, they're all rocking stealth tech, so they're popping in Star Wars style, and they are rolling deep. And it's at this point, Waduzi kind of lets him know, hey, if we take this ship and break off from the orbit of the planet Naba, where Netarop is, we can escape. We can live. Nazat's like, we can't leave. You're like, we got to complete this mission. This is how we're going to redeem ourselves. This is how we're going to save ourselves. But Waduzi is like, listen, if we don't leave now, they're going to corner us and we're not going to be able to, we're not going to be able to kind of ride our way from like to the backside of the planet and escape. And Nazat is like, I know. I know 100%. He's like, I know what they're trying to do too. Because essentially where their ship is, what I didn't mention in the beginning is there's a human fleet right next to it. Couple meters, like I'd say couple meters away, right? What the Covenant plan to do is they want to get on the, on Nizat's flank and push him into the human fleet. The thing is, the Covenant will win the battle against the human fleet, but it will leave them vulnerable to the Covenant fleet destroying them. So, everybody's scared. Everybody's worried. This rogue group of Covenant elites are about to get the business. But Nazat has a plan. And he's looking at Lamb, and he's looking at Waduzi, and he's like, listen, The original plan was we were going to let the humans come to us. We were going to let those infidels kind of walk into the trap. Now that the fleet of the swift justice is here, everything's changed. So here's what we're going to do. Instead of waiting for them to come to us, we're going to grab the gravity hammer and we're going to grab the harness and we're going to go to them. So yeah, Plans A and B are gone. It's, it's, it's go time. And then he looks at Waduzi and he's like, here's what you're going to do. He's like, you're going to turn on them engines. It's going to turn them on just a little bit. And I need you to do a maneuver. And the maneuver in question, 
he needs Waduzi to kind of take the ship and put it at a bit of a weird angle. And the the reason he needs to put the ship in a bit of like a dipping angle. So it's not necessarily straight. It's kind of like the backside is up and whatnot. And and the reason why he wants the ship set up like that is because this isn't just any type of covenant ship. This is what's known as an intrusion Corvette. And intrusion Corvettes carry something very important. They carry drop pods. So not only are they going to bring the gear to the humans, Nizat and Lamb are going to do it personally. Because why leave there, you know, any room for error when you got to get the job done? So they're flying down to the planet. And the reason why he had him had Waduzi pivot the ship was so that the Covenant and the Swift Justice wouldn't see the drop pods go down. So it's a stealth drop. And that actually takes us to John and the kids. John, Fred found out that uh, Fred's uh, hallucinations of spider children were 100% real. The children are the descendants of marooned pirates on the planet. Well, we pick up with blue team, the kids led by Lena, and they are riding on the spider tank heading toward the lucky break. But they first need to rendezvous with the, the Whitley. At this point, John kind of uses a lot of his uh, a lot of his time just to kind of ponder. He's trying to figure out the best course of action, you know, when they get to the Wheatley, what exactly is their status, you know, what kind of information they're going to provide to them. So, like, John is super lost in thought. And it's at this point, Lana kind of, like, pulls John out of his uh, thinking stupor, and she tells him, dog, you're a bad captain. And he's like, what do you mean? She's like, you bark orders and don't do anything. Because Fred is driving the spider. Um, Kelly's on the side, kind of watching the perimeter. Same thing um, with Linda. But Kelly's also taking care of the, the two other, excuse me. Kelly and Linda are taking care of the two other injured kids. While John is on the side pondering, riding with Lena. He's by the, uh, the, coal, the coal bag on the spider machine. And John tells her, like, I'm not a captain. And she's like, no wonder. She's like, all you do is freaking sleep and give orders. So she's assuming my man is asleep. But he tells her he's thinking and he's more pondering about the two fireballs that just flew out of the sky. John isn't dumb. He knows that those are drop pods. And it kind of leads into this whole conversation about what are the intention of the cat stalls or the kids? John's trying to figure out what are the kids intending to do at the lucky break, as well as Lena wants to know what John wants to do because he keeps claiming that he wants to save the kids, but he wants other things as well. John tries to clarify that, like, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to do a bunch of things. I'm trying to take care of you. I'm trying to save your friends from getting obliterated. Um, I'm trying to save my friends from getting obliterated. But he tells her only so much until he tells her, like, yo, there's certain things that are classified, certain things that are secret. As John and Lena are having this back and forth in regards to what are their intentions and what are they what do they want to do? Something happens to the spider. The steering wheel, the, the orb that Fred is using to move the spider immediately turns yellow and begins to start slowing down. And everybody has some team calm. John is trying to figure out what's going on. And Fred is like, listen, dog, if I knew what was going on, I would fix it. And I'm not intentionally trying to slow down, but something's wrong with the machine. John kind of looks to Lena to kind of maybe figure out the secrets of the machine and see, you know, is there anything she can do to fix it? And she's like, first of all, if you look at the Colbin, plenty of gas in the tank. But if you look in this compartment, John, see this uh, this tubing 
this was a steamer. Your girl Kelly shot it up. So if you guys remember, they got into a big brawl with the kids initially. And Kelly kind of shot at them, maybe threw a grenade, whatnot. Well, it damaged this particular piping that they need or the steam that helps the uh, the spider tank move. Right now, Lena's saying this is shot up and there's no way to fix it. So the battery's going to lose charge and the spider's going to stop moving. It's funny the level of distrust John has for everybody. Because even though... Len is saying the machine is done. He thinks that she knows some type of way to fix the machine. Or she might use it to flip on them, or she might use it to even run away with the kids to get away with them. But even though that the spider is losing steam, they got other issues. Because at this point on the Spartans team com, they get a distress message. All UNSC. Phyllis Wheatley reporting imminent attack. Netarop surface five kilometers from recovery target. So the voice that came on on the team's comm, it's an older voice. It's, uh, it's very grizzled. We assume it's a senior officer. He goes on to say we're on a rocky plateau with covenant boarding parties approaching on foot. Approximate distance three kilometers. Approximate strength one or 200 heavy weapons and support vehicles. ETA uncertain, but under 30 minutes. Tactical sensors show fighter canopy overhead. Please advise available support. Over. So, Nizat and Lamb are on their way, and they are rolling deep. Needless to say, the Covenants are going for their attack, and the spider machine does eventually stop. Problem is... They're likely to arrive about 30 to 40 minutes. So just when the Spartans arrive, the Covenant would have possibly arrived a little bit earlier or just about the same time. At this point, the teams will break off. Fred, Linda, and John are going to go directly to the lucky break. But Kelly is going to grab the kids, stash them, and then come back. Eventually, I'm not eventually, excuse me. Initially, Kelly is like, why? Why am I doing this? He's like, number one, you hate kids, so you're the perfect person for this job. And then Lena's like, well, what if she tries to shoot us? And he's like, exactly. If you don't follow her orders, she will shoot you. So needless to say, John's taking care (laughs) of the babysitting duties with Kelly. But the main reason he's actually sending Kelly is... She, even if she drops the kids off, wherever the F she decides to drop them off, he knows she's fast enough to catch up to them. So kill two birds with one stone. Take care of the kids as well as you got, you'll be at full fighting strength versus one of the other Spartans going. But we're going to leave it right there. Next week, we're going to pick up with the Babysitter's Club. Because not everything goes as smooth for Kelly as we all think. But I like Kelly. Oh, yeah. Nah, man. It's, I'm not saying, you know, bad things happen. But it's the task isn't as easy as we thought it would be. I will, I will punch you in the face if something happens to Kelly. I mean, you know, it's cheaper than plastic surgery. So I'll take you up on it. I mean, I can only improve your situation, really. Can you make me look like Brad Pitt? I want to be Black Pitt. I I could take his face, face and put it on your face. The sequel. I've been waiting for Face Off too. I'm down. I want to do it. <laughs> I want to fight him on top of Nicolas Cage's um grave in New Orleans. It's only appropriate. It's not really a grave. It's more of a pyramid. Well, think how cool it would be fighting on a pyramid in New Orleans. Can you fit two people on a pyramid? Because they're kind of pointy, right? I mean, the Egyptians did it. They they fought on pyramids. The Egyptians fought on pyramids. Is don't don't source, Google it. Don't source, search it. Source, <laughs> source. <laughs> oh man. Well, 
And I think that was a uh, very roundabout way of saying everybody's fucked, Ken Dog. Thank you for that story. Awesome. Also, I apologize. I feel like I always run through the end. There's just a lot of unnecessary information. The kids distrust John. John distrusts the kids. Like, there's not a lot of details to it, and I'm just trying to survive. Get us, just <laughs> get us to the to the to the damn lucky break. <laughs> well, as soon as we get out of this book, we got three more books to go. So, isn't that exciting? Well, the new guys, the new well, the new guys actually excited because I'm, I'm actually getting into it now. So. <laughs> you just haven't come talk to you us because we live in an age <laughs> where i don't have to read low. things anymore you know like i can actually like well I, I have to read to get my notes obviously but you know to be able to get the information you know from other people reading it and like it, it's it's very cool because then like i'm understanding like other perspectives of what they think of these expanded stories it's so cool it is so cool you you know did you, you just reverse to... gaslight us? He did. He did. We love him for <laughs> it. You need to read the anthology series. I'd really like um, to start reading the um, the graphic novels. I know there's a bunch of them. First strike. After that, uh, we'll see you in a year. Because you once you start, you're not going to stop. Yeah, I need new. I I need new graphic novels to read. Oh, all right everybody uh make sure you tell people about you me and lore again we have turned off every possibility of receiving any kind of financial compensation for doing this podcast we are currently just doing this to hone our craft so be sure to get other people to listen so that way we can get a whole bunch of people telling us what they like what they don't like what we can improve what we uh what we shouldn't touch ever uh like ohio apparently that place is rough and then yeah send your feedback to you me and lore at gmail.com you can yeah at gmail.com you can also find us at you me and lore.com and i always get those confused because it's the same thing one is just at gmail <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah our official website is you me and lore Dot com And if you go there, you can also leave us a handy-dandy voicemail. You can leave your personal information in there if you want. You don't have to. You can be totally anonymous. It doesn't matter. So you can ask questions and even be featured in an episode. Because if one of you is asking a question, chances are there are more of you asking a question. Kind of like that uh, that one kid in class who knows the answer to a question. But uh, he asked the teacher to for, for more information because he knows nobody else is going to ask. Go ahead. Be that guy. Yeah. Our social medias we're starting to improve on and be sure to join the Discord. You can find the link in every other week when we launch or when we do our Death Stranding episodes. You can find a link in those descriptions. We love you. Leave comments and review. Only if they're positive. I will find you. I have nothing else to do in my days. I'm reading Halo. (laughs) It's it's true. It, it's true. He sits and waits. I'm wait. Just leave pizza coupons. Oh, but for real, that's all I ask for. Ooh, John, the coupons. Have a good night. All right, we'll see y'all later. Later, y'all. Peace. Thank you for listening, everyone. Be sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher uh, to stay up to date on all things lore. 
Also check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube to leave feedback and make suggestions on what series to do next. You, Me, and Lore is an original podcast written and produced by Brandon Weiner and Kenny Gomez. We do not own the rights to any of the artistry. All rights are owned by their respective companies. Sound and editing by Kenny Gomez and Brandon Weiner. Intro composed and played by Achilles Amistad. Transitions and outro composed and played by Sam Gibbs. Both can be found on Fiverr.com. For inquiries, information, and feedback, please visit You, Me, and Lore on Facebook or email us directly at youmeandlore at gmail. Bye-bye.